Brought to you by the WZIP Sports Team, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. I didn't really plan to ask this, but since you brought it up, what's it like kind of having like your own meme? Like, how does that make you feel? <laughs> Exclusive original content. He crosses paths with another best in the world. Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Look. Oh, that gets me excited. And of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you don't like football. Well, like- I say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise the <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Sports Power Talk Overtime. And today, we have the third installment of Alternate Universe, where we take a sports scenario that has happened in real life, and we alter the course of sports history as we know it. My name is Jeff Longville. I'll be the host of your episode today, and joining me is my analyst, Mr. Marcus Anderson. Marcus, how's it going? I'm all good. How about you, Jeff? Doing fantastic on this lovely Tuesday afternoon. Today's topic for Alternate Universe is, what if the 2018 NFL conference title games were not so controversial? Of course, I'm referring to the no pass interference call on the Los Angeles Rams versus the New Orleans Saints and the roughing the passer call on the Kansas City Chiefs versus the New England Patriots. Uh, So before we get started, a really quick recap of what was happening this conference title day. In the AFC, the two-seeded New England Patriots were at the number one-seeded Kansas City Chiefs, and the two-seeded Los Angeles Rams were at the one-seeded New Orleans Saints. I don't know if this is true for everybody, but for me, for whatever reason, this was one of, if not the most highly anticipated set of conference title matchups um, is that how you felt, Marcus, back in 2018 when this was going on? Yeah, it was high controversial. It was a lot of controversy surrounding both games, exactly. Mm-hmm. If it went the underrated round, it would have been the Saints and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Right, um, but before the games even took place, did you feel like these these matchups were very highly anticipated? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's exactly even, what I thought. Even prior to this game, they faced off once before in the, in that same season, in mm-hmm. the regular season, like on the Chiefs and Patriots that Sunday night. It was like, and that was the same day, like I believe Game Four of the World Series, mm-hmm. and it like took and it, and and that game ha- overtook the ratings in Game than Game 4 of the World Series. Right. And right. that was really exciting. And also Week 10, the, the Rams was undefeated at 10-0. The Saints are the Saints are as a Superdome, 9-1. Mm-hmm. It, it was a high-scoring game, high-scoring matchup. Michael Michael Thomas ended it, ended it for the Rams and giving the, their first L of that season. Yeah, pretty much. I So, of course, it was, this was going to be better than the two previous matchups that season. Right, um, very highly anticipated matchups. Um, from my experience, everyone either wanted Tom Brady versus Drew Brees in the Super Bowl or they wanted Kansas City versus the Rams because of that high-scoring Monday night game where both teams scored over 50 points. Oh, yeah. um, did you have a preference as to who you wanted this year? Uh, actually, either either way, it was going to be a great Super Bowl, either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Unfortunately, we didn't end up getting a great Super Bowl because we got yeah. the Rams and the Patriots, and it was a 13-3 to snooze fest. Um, I was happy with the outcome. Obviously, I love Tom Brady, but um, I personally, I wanted the Saints versus the Patriots because 
I wanted Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. And, of course, as a Broncos fan, didn't want the Chiefs anywhere near the Super Bowl. <laughs> of course, that happened the next year, and they won it all and everything. But this year, this year I at least got spared. But let's go ahead and head into the controversy. We'll start with the NFC because this was the earlier game in the day. Um, so Nicole Roby Coleman, cornerback for the Los Angeles Rams, should have been called for pass interference late in the game. Um, did not play or look for the ball and hit the receiver before the ball reached him. Um, at the point of the no PI call on Nicole Roby Coleman, Drew Brees targeted wide receiver Tommy Lee Lewis. New Orleans had the ball third and 10 on the Rams' 13 yard line. The score was tied at 20. New Orleans had two timeouts left. Los Angeles had one. And there was one minute and 45 seconds left in the game. If the call had been made, it would have been New Orleans' ball at their own seven or at the Rams' seven-yard line, um, but of course the call was not made, so Will Lutz kicked a field goal to give the Saints a 23-20 lead, and then the Rams got the ball back, and Greg Zerline was able to kick the game-tying field goal. The game headed into overtime. Of course, the Saints did win the coin toss, but Drew Brees did throw an interception as he was pressured by Dante Fowler and picked off by John Johnson. The Rams then got the ball on their own 46-yard line, and of course Greg Zerline kicked that 57-yard field goal in overtime to send the Rams to the Super Bowl. So, Marcus, I'm going to ask you now. What happens if the pass interference call is made on Nicole Roby Coleman? Do you still have the Rams winning that game, or do you think the Saints end up advancing to the Super Bowl? I think the Saints end up advancing to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, in that fourth quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter, it was another missed call on the same player, Nicole Roby Coleman. Nicole Roby Coleman like caused another missed P.I. call. It was beginning of the fourth quarter. The Saints' offense was at midfield and a threat to, like, extend the lead. They had the lead 20-17. to 17. They was about to extend it. Mm -hmm. It was 3-7. Drew Brees was about to pass it to the left and take in Julian, take in, take in had out route or curl. It would convert for a first down, kept the chains moving, but instead he, they missed that Nicole Roby Coleman. They took a replay at it, and Nicole Roby Coleman was holding on to Ted Ginn right before he could finish the route, and so they missed a P.I. call there. The Saints, if that P.I. call was, was called, the Saints would have kept the drive moving and also scored a touchdown, maybe give it to Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. And also, there was, if I I look at the stats for this game, like the Saints only ran 21 times to be exact among all their running backs in this game and only gained 48 yards. And it was, so I was saying it would came down to that point if the Saints ran the ball more. But back to that situation, back to that play, Nicole Roby Coleman on Tommy Lee Lewis. If, I, if you look at that play, Roby Coleman actually had the route jump. So if he was looking at the ball instead of Tommy Lee Lewis, he would have had an interception mm -hmm. and maybe end the game for the Rams and maybe go to the Super Bowl. But right. instead, was playing the receiver instead of the ball, hits Tommy Lee Lewis before the ball gets to him. And if that call was made, it, the drive would be extended and maybe the Saints maybe get in the end zone instead of settling for three points. Right. Um, I'm in agreement with you. I think that if the call is made, like I said, New Orleans gets the ball on the Rams' seven-yard line. I think New Orleans burns some clock. They force the Rams to use that last timeout, and they either kick a field goal or they score a touchdown with very little time left, and the Rams don't have enough time to get or to uh, tie the game, whether that's by field goal or touchdown. 
and I think New Orleans does advance to the Super Bowl in regulation. So we're in agreement on that. Moving on to the AFC controversy in uh, Kansas City hosting New England. Um, Chris Jones, his hand brushed against Tom Brady's face mask in the fourth quarter, um, and there was a roughing the passer call that was pretty controversial because in real time, it doesn't really look like anything happened, but of course the refs did call passer, or, um, roughing the passer. Um, so at the time of the roughing the passer call on Chris Jones, New England had the ball second and seven on their own 28-yard line. The score was Kansas City 21, the Patriots 17. Both teams had all their timeouts left. There's seven minutes and 17 seconds left in the game. Jones's hand brushes the face mask of Tom Brady. Brady's pass fell incomplete. If the call was not made, it's now a third down and seven. New England, of course, obviously got the automatic first down and the ball at their own 43-yard line. So to finish off the drive, Sonny Michelle scored a touchdown with 3.32 left. New England now leads 24-21. to And then on the next drive for Kansas City, Damian Williams scored a touchdown with 2.03 left. Kansas City leads 28-24. to And then on the Patriots' next possession, Rex Burkhead scored a touchdown with 39 seconds left. The Patriots now lead 31-28. to And then the Chiefs got the ball back. Harrison Bucker kicked a game-tying field goal to send the game to overtime. New England wins the coin toss, and Rex Burkhead scores on the first possession to send New England to the Super Bowl 37-31. to so, Marcus, I'm going to ask you a very serious question now. Was the call on Chris Jones actually roughing the passer or not? No, it wasn't enough. It wasn't that much of to be qualified as rushing, roughing the passer. I mean, he, like you said, he just grazed the face mask of Tom Brady. It wasn't mm-hmm. enough. I mean, it wasn't like Tom Brady went down. I mean, it was so many crazy calls that season. I mean, it all started with... Like week two, week three, when Clay Matthews on Alex Smith, and suddenly I that. that was I that, that was called roughing the passer. Like, oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. And it all started with that. But and then with this game, there was another drive later on to that drive, the game-winning drive. Tom Brady in the last like under a minute, under two minutes, and then also he threw an interception, tips. Tips out the hands of Gronkowski, interception into hands of Ward, but then they f- called an offsides penalty on D Ford, which they could have took a little bit more of a look into that, even though Tony Romo said his hands is over the blue line, but the blue line is sometimes not symmetrical with the chain, right? With the tra- chain marker, so they could have took a little bit more time, and that's why the following year they took the NFL took initiative into taking more time into. Um, play under review. Right. And also, um, also, that's when it went to overtime. They they made the wrong call, went to overtime, and then Tom Brady and the Patriots scored on the very first drive of overtime on James White, just the same way he ended the Falcons back in Super Bowl 51, same way he ended the Chiefs here. Uh, touchdown that ends the game. And also, it was that was that then that they should – that they should have made college football rules for overtime, like have give both teams a chance. Even though first team scores, the other team still gets a chance. They should, they should have made it. They should have uh, enforced it back then. They should have enforced it back then in 2015 with Aaron Rodgers in the cart that Packers at Cardinals game when the Cardinals first scored on the first drive and Aaron Rodgers didn't get a chance. They should have enforced it back then. And so, it, so many scenarios they should have had back then. But other than that, if that pass interference call wasn't called, the Chiefs would have held on and the Chiefs would have came back and 
won this game and go on to the Super Bowl. So that's your take then? Yes. Okay. So my take on that call, if it's roughing the passer or not, I, I think it is roughing the passer because you can see Tom Brady's entire helmet move. But at the same time, it's something you can only see in slow motion and not real time. So if I was a ref in that situation, I would not have called it because, like I said, in real time, it looks like he missed. But if you slow it down, his hand does make contact with the face mask. So I think it is the right call, but it shouldn't have been called, if that makes any sense to you. Um, so you think that if the call isn't made, it's third down and seven now, you don't think the Patriots can pick up a third and seven? I mean, I, no, actually they could. Just knowing, just looking back how terrible that defense was at Kansas City and knowing how great Tom Brady was and late in the fourth Late in situations like this, mm-hmm. I think they would have converted the third down, and yeah. So then, does that change your outcome, or do you still have the Chiefs winning? I still have the Chiefs winning because of that play, that supposedly interception by Ward, that answer for the Patriots, and that so-called offsides penalty on D Ford, which it t- could took a little bit more time looking into that. They only had took, they only took a look at one camera angle at that, and it was barely seen of D. And you could barely see D four being over the line of scrimmage. Okay, with so that angle. okay, so you have a different reason for why, or a different call that was controversial then. Yes. So I I rewatched the entire AFC Championship game and I did see that that call on D Ford. I thought he was offsides, but the camera angle that they showed, the one that they showed that you alluded to, it isn't exactly like parallel with the line of scrimmage so maybe my vision isn't exactly like maybe I'm not seeing what's actually real so who knows um but you have it as a call that shouldn't have been made so therefore you have the Chiefs winning this game yes so for me um I don't have the D4 call being controversial I'm sticking with the Chris Jones call I think that the Patriots will pick up the first down and I have everything else unfolding just as it did in reality um, at this point, Tom Brady was playing in his 13th AFC title game and, of course, is the greatest player of all time. Um, 36 New England players had played in an AFC title game heading into this game, which is a grand total of 123 games, and nobody on Kansas City had any AFC championship experience. So I still think the Patriots will win this game in overtime and advance to Super Bowl 53. So now you and I have two different matchups here. You have the Saints and the Chiefs, and I have the Saints and the Patriots, which, of course, is much different than in reality, where we got the Patriots and the Rams, which was a matchup that I don't think anybody wanted, and New England beat the Rams 13-3 to in what was a very boring defensive-minded game that only saw one touchdown, and it wasn't even from the team that had the high-powered offense that had, you know, Robert Woods and Jared Goff back before he was, you know, considered who he is today um they didn't really have Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley was going through some things um Brandon Cooks as well uh high-powered offense but couldn't get in the end zone one time um so now with your matchup of the Saints and the Chiefs go ahead and break that down for me Marcus what do you see from that matchup so what I'm seeing with that matchup is like maybe like a 10 point 10 point 13 point victory for the Saints is because of their defense and like if they won that NFC title game and went on to win this and went on to the Super Bowl, we'll be talking about 
one of the greatest teams in NFL history, mm-hmm. one of the greatest teams of all time. Because if you, because watching this team each each week in and out of games, like the way they just close out games, like the way they just close out opponents, is was just remarkable. They had everything. They had great special teams. They had great receivers. They have. They had two great running backs, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. They mm-hmm. had a superb defense. And, I mean, they were just winning games at double digits. That was a record-setting season for Drew Brees. And also, it, it was even, like, maybe 10 times better than the 2000, their 2019. Mm-hmm. Maybe, if not better, but as good as that other team, their other Super Bowl team. Right. But anyways, they – and also on the Chiefs, on the other hand, as I mentioned, they had terrible defense. Eric Berry was getting old. He wasn't the same Eric Berry any, anymore at a uh, suspect secondary. I mean, their only strong point was rushing the passer. I mean, that was Chris Jones at his peak. Mm-hmm. And then there was also D4, who was, a pro, who was coming off a Pro Bowl season that same season. So their front line was the strongest point. Also, the so really – Patrick Holmes was really carrying, putting that team on his back that whole season. If and also if Kareem Hunt never got in trouble, if he never did that terrible thing he did, as we remember from that season, mm-hmm. maybe the Chiefs goes all the way and would be a lot better than what they already were. That's coming into the playoffs and so right. And I think that Damian Williams did a very good job filling in for him, but at the same time, yeah, Damian Williams is not Kareem Hunt. So I, you know. That's a good. That's a good question. If Kareem Hunt never ended up getting um, shut down by the Chiefs, do the Chiefs go on to win the Super Bowl? Who knows? Um, so for me, of course, I have the Patriots versus the Saints. I'm um, a breakdown of the rosters for me. The Saints quarterback, obviously, they have Drew Brees. A running back, two really good ones, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Wide receiver, of course, they have Michael Thomas. An offensive line. That includes Teron Armstead, Andrus Pete, Max Unger, Larry Warford, and Ryan Ramchek. A defensive line that has Cameron Jordan, Sheldon Rankins, Marcus Davenport, and David Onyemata. At linebacker, they have Demario Davis, A.J. Klein, and Alex Anzalone. And at DB, they have Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, Von Bell, and P.J. Williams. For the Patriots, of course, they have Brady at quarterback. Running back, kind of by committee, uh, Sonny Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead. Wide receiver, of course, they have Julian Edelman and Chris Hogan, but no Josh Gordon at this point in time. Tight end, they have Rob Gronkowski. Offensive line, Trent Brown, Joe Tooney, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, and Marcus Cannon. Defensive line, Trey Flowers and Dietrich Wise Jr. At linebacker, Dante Hightower and Kyle Van Noy. And at DB, Stephon Gilmore, Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty, Patrick Chung, J.C. Jackson, and Jonathan Jones. Uh, Looking at their these team stats here. New Orleans allowed 80.2 rushing yards per game in the regular season, which was second, and only allowed 63 rushing yards per game in the postseason. Of course, that is inaccurate because of the pass interference call being called means that the Rams don't get the ball back in a position to run the ball in regulation or overtime. Um, but still, the point is the Saints allowed very few rushing yards in the postseason. And New England had rushed for 165.5 yards per game in the postseason. New Orleans had only allowed two rushing touchdowns in the postseason, but New England had rushed for eight. So even though New Orleans was good against the run, I think the Patriots could find a way to run the ball on the Saints in the Super Bowl. Um, The Saints averaged 92.5 rushing yards per game in the postseason, 
and the Patriots allowed only 60 rushing, 60 rushing yards in the postseason. But New England opponents only rushed the ball 22 times against them. Um, the Saints scored the most rushing touchdowns in the regular season, but had no rushing touchdowns this postseason, unless the P.I. call being called allows for New Orleans to run the ball into the end zone in the NFC title game. And New England had only allowed two rushing touchdowns this postseason. So I think that New England will be able to hold up well um, if New Orleans tries to run the ball in goal-to-go situations. But maybe New Orleans could challenge New England in the ground game elsewhere. New Orleans ranked 31st in opponent passing yards per game in the regular season at 288.9 per game. And New England ranked 9th in passing yards per game. But New Orleans only allowed 255 passing yards per game in the postseason which again is inaccurate because the Rams don't get the ball back in regulation or overtime in this alternate universe, so they allow less than that. And the Patriots averaged 345.5 passing yards per game this postseason. So I think that New England has an advantage in the pass game as they have more guys to go to than New Orleans, who really only has Michael Thomas, who had 1,405 yards in the regular season, and the next closest receiver was at 427 yards. I think with how deep that the Patriots' secondary is, New England can limit Michael Thomas's production and allow someone else to beat them, which was the game plan versus Kansas City, as it was to neutralize Tyree Kill, and they only held him to, or they held him to only one catch for 42 yards. I don't see any other receiver that can step up for New Orleans. I think their best option is to lean on Alvin Kamara because of his dual threat ability, and we saw Damian Williams step up for Kansas City with that game plan in the AFC title game, and he had 96 all-purpose yards and three touchdowns. And New England created a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes in the AFC title game as they sacked him four times, and New Orleans only allowed four sacks this postseason. And the Saints had four pro bowlers on their offensive line, so I think they'll be able to protect Drew Brees from the New England's pass rush. In this universe, the Saints only allow... 17 points per game in the postseason, while the Patriots allow 29.5. And And in this universe, the Saints averaged 21.5 points per game in the postseason, whereas New England averaged 39. So I think the game will be close throughout, despite certain teams' advantages in certain areas. And I expect both quarterbacks to play a good and smart game, despite both teams' advantages, because, of course, this is those are the most important reasons why these teams are here. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, two of the greatest to ever do it. And I think the Saints, like you said earlier, I think they have a lot more overall talent. One of the most well-balanced teams we've ever seen. They have at least one solid player at every position. But I think that the experience of New England as a whole, of Tom Brady, who is heading into his ninth Super Bowl, and Breeze, who is heading into his second, and of Bill Belichick, who's entering his I don't even know how many Super Bowls, (laughs) and uh, Sean Payton's second, I think that they will beat New Orleans in a close one, um, somewhere around like 34 to 31. So I have, I still have the Patriots winning the Super Bowl uh, this time over the Saints, but this time we get a much more enjoyable game than the yeah. Patriots versus and the Rams. Y'all, y'all look at that matchup between Michael Thomas and Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. That's good. that would scenario. be that's popcorn. That's popcorn yeah. material right there. Um, so, Marcus, go ahead and give us one final recap of what you have happening in this alternate universe. Okay, so what I have happening is, even though Patrick Mahomes, he's having a great season, having a, a Dan Marino-like season, the third, only the third quarterback in NFL history to throw for 50 TDs in the season. Mm-hmm. 
Now, but Patrick Mahomes, well, he had, well, he's not coming to this seat in this game, in this matchup, is a defense that he hasn't faced like any other prior to this point, the Saints defense. Even though I thought back in week three when they was playing the Jaguars, this was going to be the test. I thought that was going to be the team. Prior to that season, I thought that was going to be the team to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, but it's not. It ended up being the Chiefs. But also, but this Saints defense with Marshall Adams, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, P.J. Williams. I mean, that whole secondary was just loaded. And also that D-line led by Cameron Jordan. I mean, it was just going to be a suffocating defense for this explosive Chiefs attack. Even though Tyreek Hill is the fastest man in the world. There was a part, there was a matchup like two years after where we got Marshawn Lattimore and Tyreek Hill in the Superdome. Tyreek Hill only was allowed like Three to four pass, three to four catches, and Marshall Lattimore was just checking the whole game. He was just following him around. It's my boy, we, from, yeah, from OSU. <laughs> yeah, you all, you, you already know Buckeye alumni. And he would have done <laughs> the same thing in this matchup because Tyreek Hill was just come, was just like becoming, just starting to be a good receiver, right. at least a good receiver. Right. All he had, all he had to advantage was speed. Mm-hmm. That's why he, that's why he means to burn so many cornerbacks with ease. Right. And I think Marshall Lattimore would shut that down and the rest of the Saints secondary and also with Cameron Jordan that front. And also DeMario Davis, who was becoming a great linebacker for the Saints, would pressure Patrick Mahomes, would be suffocating him, would be pressuring him, would be confusing him with so many coverages and so many, so many blitzes. And the same way they confuse a young Jared Goff, they would – the same way they confused Jared Goff, the same way what they would have confused Patrick Holmes, it probably would the stat line would have been like one touchdown and two to three interceptions, I would have said the Saints would have gotten from Patrick Holmes. And then also Drew Brees on the head's hand, like I mentioned before, against that horrible Chiefs defense mm-hmm. who allows who allow so many points and also and also the same way that the in the regular season, week 15 was the greatest games of the regular season. There were so many great games games in the regular season. How the Chargers defeated the Chiefs on Thursday night when Philip Rivers at the last second was just tearing up the Chiefs, all, Chiefs defense in the second half. Mm-hmm. And also came back with the victory, two-point conversion, wide open to Mike Williams. The same way the Saints would have dissected this Chiefs offense, Chiefs defense. And would be like putting 35 or... 35 or 38 points on the board, it would be like a 38 to 21 victory for the Saints. And the Saints would be Super Bowl 54 champions. 54. Oh, 53 champions. Mm -hmm. It would have been victory at ease for the Saints. Yeah, I. If the Saints had actually advanced and would have beaten even Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, I wouldn't have minded. I like Drew Brees. We actually have the same birthday, fun fact. Oh, well. Mm -hmm. Oh, Big Twins. (laughs) That's right. Um, I, of course, love Michael Thomas. From OSU, love yeah. Marshawn Lattimore from OSU. Alvin Kamara might be my favorite running back oh, in the yeah. league. Oh, yeah, Kamara. I've got Magic. Kamara and Ingram, of course, would be doing their thing against that horrible Chiefs defense. It, right. It was actually a better rushing defense than the passing defense, honestly, but it was still where it dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, my final recap, I have the Saints doing what should have happened, which was win the NFC Championship game um, with that call on Nicole, Nicole Roby Coleman taking place. I still have New England winning the AFC title game. I think that the Patriots can overcome that third and seven. 
and I have the Patriots versus the Saints in Super Bowl 53, and I still have New England winning due to their abundance of experience that they have on their side when you look at um, when you compare them to the Saints. So that is going to do it for this episode of Sports Power Talk Overtime and episode three of Alternate Universe. Once again, my name is Jeff Longville, and joining me was Marcus Anderson. And we'll see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace out.